0: What up, Long Beach? We got action on campus at Long Beach State, so it's the perfect time for another bi-weekly episode of the LB Fee Show. As always, it's hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and he's Mike Artabasio.
1: What's going on, everybody? Very special guest today. We'll be joined a little bit later by Laura Teal, the Director of Sports Performance at Long Beach State, which is uh, suddenly an even more important job than it used to be. Um, but uh, as always, we are joined by our co-host, of his show, the man of the hour, Andy Fee, Long Beach State Athletic Director. Andy, how excited are you to have uh, kids at least practicing for, preparing for sports on your campus again?
2: Yeah, you know, it, uh, it is the most excitement I've ever seen of anybody shooting on an outdoor hoop in my life. I think that's keep- how I qualify it. Gotta go, gotta find the silver lining. It might be a little odd, but I'm loving it. and can't get enough of it.
0: Yeah, you gotta get down to Venice more. Those people love shooting outside. <laughs> well, um, now, for, the now basketball- first of all, hold on, hold on. <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Uh,
1: you know, JJ and I talked about this. When we were in college, this is my uh, back in our day rant for the, for the week, okay? When we were in college, there was a, a an outdoor basketball court little area, right by the pool, which is now a parking lot. They tore the basketball hoops down. And I'll just say this, JJ and I led a two-man protest of it at the time. (laughs) And had they listened to us, you guys wouldn't have had to wheel basketball hoops out to the Rhodes Tennis Center. So I'm just pointing that out there. We
2: were right. Telling about it. I heard the stories. (laughs) I heard the stories and I was like, come on, how did we get rid of those things? You never know, I mean, right?
0: You never know. You guys have been able to put some outdoor hoops on the tennis courts, actually Rhodes Tennis Center, now uh, Pyramid West, I guess we can call it. But the basketball training that we've seen on social media in the last few days came after a long stint of just being outside and trying to train. And we're going to talk to Laura Teal about that time. But Andy, was there a point where you guys were kind of crossing your fingers, hoping that those tests were going to keep coming back negative so that they could then start basketball activities?
2: Yeah, you, you know, in this world, in the COVID world, yeah. I mean, even when you, you feel good and you feel like tests should be negative, um, unfortunately, you know, this virus, we, we don't control it. You, you've probably seen across the country, who knows what the stories are, whether Nick Saban was or was not positive. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're excited. You know, we, we've got a team that's all tested negative so far. And um, we'll hopefully keep that going.
0: Now, the reason why they weren't able to come back when you first put this phase into uh, effect on October 10th, when you wanted to be going back inside, was because there were positive tests on campus. The actual student-athletes didn't test positive. It was just on campus. So have there been more positive tests on campus that you know of?
2: No, I I think it's it's been pretty stable. Um, you know, I think in, in actual terms, comparative to a lot of other campuses, we've had actually very few positives, um, anecdotally, from what I understand. So yeah, you know, we had to take that pause. Um, luckily, you know, our basketball um, young men and young women are, are are feeling good, testing negative, baby steps, and uh, hopefully heading. I don't know when, but hopefully headed inside soon.
1: So we're going to talk about that ramp up. Um, you know, obviously I think all college basketball fans are sort of waiting for the official rollout from the NCAA. And, and I think everyone's then waiting for what their preferred team's sort of individual timeline and in a ramp up to actually playing games would look like. My question for for you before we talk a little bit more about what that that ramp up looks like is how, you know, how many things is that ramp up dependent on? You know, you guys have got these basketball teams in cohorts or pods or whatever you want to call them. But if there is, say, a professor who's working on the other side of campus who tests positive, I mean, is there a requirement that the, the campus be at a zero positivity or no new cases? Or are you guys in a, well, if we can keep the teams isolated and testing negative, um, they can move forward?
2: Yeah, so great question. Um, the, the answer to that is that a positive case does not equal a shutdown. So it depends on the case or cases and how related they are. So, you know, if it's an independent case where a faculty, staff member or student tests positive, and there's no link to our teams or any, any staff members, then it should not impact us um that previous pause was because of the type of connection uh around the cases so
1: because it was a little bit more widespread in the dormitories that was like yeah we've got to really make sure we've got our arms around it yeah
2: and and housing is always a you know a careful proposition you know just because of how much contact even in the no contact COVID world uh (laughs) so that's why that was a unique circumstance obviously we were frustrated and disappointed but Um, certainly want to keep our people, uh, healthy and safe, but, um, you know, unless there's a a, a unique circumstance where we've got multiple athletes or staff members testing positive, um, you know, there would be likely a quarantine of that athlete, or if, if it was even within our pod and, um, you know, we'll continue to do as much as we can to, to, to avoid it. I can tell you too, I saw a report yesterday and this this is such a weird world, and I know some people you know people have been frustrated, well, why is it taking so long to get going and you know, UCLA's practicing and well, I just saw something yesterday that New Mexico and New Mexico State both had to shut football and basketball down. Um, so you know, it's always a circumstance of unique locations and dynamics, and unfortunately, uh, just because someone else is up and running, um, we may not and vice versa. We could be up and running here in a couple of weeks and maybe another, another Southern California institution might be shut down. So we'll see how it goes.
0: You mentioned earlier that you don't really know when the basketball teams are going to be able to go back inside and practice together, but what needs to happen for that to happen?
2: Yeah. So I, I think public health um, and, and certainly we're, we're watching to see how it goes. Um, you know, the first and foremost thing is we want them to to get up and r- running literally um, to get their fitness. So being inside certainly is a nice thing, but being outdoors, we're lucky to live in Long Beach. And so, you know, Laura Teal has done a, a tremendous job with her staff and, and and starting to get them fit and going. And um, I think what we just need to do is, is keep, you know, the pot or sorry, the negative tests um would, you know be positive you know.
1: stay negative andy Here, yeah it's it. like you don't want to
2: test positive let's <laughs> let you know let's not test positive let's test negative Maybe, I, you know negatives I mean, or you know, positives which yes. way, which, yeah it's like i want to be positive i'm a positive guy but in
1: this case i kind of you know, I, I've, I've made a joke with a couple of different coaches that all the coach speech is, has really gone into a blender here. You know what I mean? It's, you spend 10 years yelling at kids to be positive, and all of a sudden you got to turn around and flip it on its head, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I, it's like a negative is like out of my vocab. So yeah. I've been having to use it lately, and I keep flipping, you know, because I just can't. got to be positive. But, um, you know, those, those negative tests are key. And so um, we'll get our fitness, we'll get our legs going, Um, get a little bit of basketball skill and get some shots up and then transition indoors again I don't have a a date on that but again if we can just keep trending the right direction I I I think we'll be good
0: how about the schedules for those basketball teams you and I spoke two weeks ago about how you're putting them together things were happening but nothing was official are you guys a little bit closer to releasing that non-conference schedule and then obviously the big west schedule as well
2: yeah i am hopeful um that we'll actually have some news on the big west schedule soon um that would be great certainly if we can get that i'm we're kind of holding a little bit because i think we should have that i'm gonna say maybe by the end of this week certainly by the beginning of next week we should have the big west schedules out so we'll uh probably wait just to throw in the non-conference into the conference if it's going to be about a week or so but we're excited. We've we've got some non-conference games on both sides, uh, mostly local, uh, which is, which is great. You want to obviously control what you can control, um, but I do think it'll be a, a good test to prepare us for for conference on both sides of uh, the men and the women.
0: Are you still shooting for that early December start?
2: Yes. So that is that is our goal. Um, that first week of December. Uh, we, we, we did shuffle a little bit. We might have a game the, like the 30th of November um, on the men's side, but it's, but it's not going to be earlier than the 30th, um, my understanding, on, on my last glance at at the tentative schedule on both sides.
1: So, you know, my question, and um, bear with me on the analogy here, because I, I was a philosophy minor at Long Beach State, so it's, it's your employer's uh, fault that I asked this, hopefully not too convoluted question. Um, I think for everyone who's involved in sports, it feels a little bit like we're stuck in Zeno's paradox right now, right? The, the arrow is always getting closer to the target, um, but you, you, until you see it hit the target, it's hard to have faith that it's going to happen, right? My question is, who pushes the final green button that you guys are allowed to play basketball. There's so many layers of um, decision-making from the state to the county to the city to the CSU system to the conference to the university specifically Um, and there's not necessarily a lot of consistency right like the high school kids have all been working out doing sort of the workouts that you guys are doing now they've been doing that for the whole summer and you guys have been in a little bit more restrictive place so who is it that everyone should be setting up Twitter notifications for or whatever that's kind of that final green light of, okay, we can go play ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's going to be public health officials. Certainly, uh, the campus, our campus medical folks, the conference NCAA will will all weigh in on, you know, the dates, the allowable calendars of when we can play. But ultimately, um, if, if there are positive cases out there, it's gonna come down to a call with public health signing off on it, and um, again, that's why you know the twenty you know the twenty-four hour a day thought in my mind is how do we how do we keep people testing negative so we keep it in our control. Right. Um, I wish we could guarantee that and say you know everything we do is gonna make sure that that no one ever um, contracts it, but ultimately um, you know the public health officials will make that determination. And, uh, you know, we'll roll with what they say. If, uh, if we're good to go, then certainly we'll be fired up and ready to play. And if they hold us back, well, we'll just, uh, we'll deal with it. We'll get through it. And uh, we know that there's going to be hurdles during the year for us and probably others. So we'll just have to uh, cross each bridge when we get there.
0: We've talked to both basketball coaches, Coach Munson and Coach Kamen, about how they're try- kind of the test case. If they can pull this off, then the other sports can come back. So far, so good. In terms of those other sports, the fall and the spring that are gonna be starting in January, how close are they to being able to do team activities in the groups or the pods or whatever on campus?
2: So that's something that we're working on right now. Um, we've, we've gotten an, you know a delay due to the initial two week pause in the beginning of uh, the month it's kind of pushed everything back so we're trying to figure out if and when we can bring them back originally we had slated November Uh, we're still looking at that there's some interesting dynamics because of the holiday schedule you know do we if it's close to the holidays in November do do we bring them back or do we just wait to get them back after the break and a little bit of that is the shuffle and the COVID shuffle of, you know, what, what do you do there? Do you, do you just let people go home and do their thing and then test and bring, bring them back after? So that's something we've got to figure out. But, um, you know, right now, those spring sports, their, their, their calendars are uh, what they originally were and the spring and, or the fall sports um, have gotten their calendars. Now those could change. I wouldn't be shocked if, if there was some shuffle here now that basketball, and that's what the conference was really focused on was kind of getting the, the basketball schedules, uh, conference schedules, and also the protocols around how we test. So, you know, again, it is kind of the, 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 literally the test case, um, because likely all the testing protocols will be very similar for all the other sports, so I think now that we've gotten through the basketball piece, I think now as a conference, we'll, we'll address those those calendars
0: and start dates for the spring and fall sports coming up soon. And when that happens, is the schedule for the conference, kind of like you're doing with basketball, more important than the non-conference stuff you want to set up locally? Is it almost like one has to happen before the other?
2: Yeah, because, you know, looking at how, how we schedule um, and whether, you know, in a lot of conferences you know, you've got this back-to-back concept, so it reduces kind of the footprint of possible COVID transmission. So, you know, are we, are we going to the back-to-back theory on almost as much as we can? Um, So I think we have to sort that piece out. If we can do that, uh, I think then it's kind of fitting in the, the non-conference portion. And those fall sports, that's the weird part is, um, you know, a lot of what we have, there's some, there's some discussions ongoing amongst the fall sport, you know, Mauricio, I'm sure he's talking to, you know, God knows how many coaches about possible games and possible dates, but until we kind of solidify what the conference is going to do, it kind of prohibits a lot of, um, really nailing down those non-conference, but, you know, we'll, we'll look to play as much as we can, um, as long as we can do that safely.
1: Mauricio's so well connected, he might end up forming his own conference by the time uh, this this thing's over. I mean, I'm sure that I like his group chat with the other big West coaches is probably more responsive than some of the official uh, conference communication channels.
2: <laughs> Mauricio is uh, an unbelievable coach. He, he gets done on the field, but I mean, he could be an agent, you know, working hundred percent yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're going to find the breaking news of those schedules and everything that's happening at the 562.org when it happens. Coverage of everything Long Beach Sports, obviously also Long Beach State. We've still got those Twitter updates and the interaction that you need to get involved with. And we also wanted to shout out Naples Rib Company, sponsor of everything at the 562.org and also a sponsor at Long Beach State. Make sure you're still supporting local businesses that support us. So we now welcome on our special guest for the week, the director of sports performance here at Long Beach State. It's Laura Teal. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're very busy right now.
3: My pleasure.
0: Uh, So obviously you've been putting together these outdoor workouts. You and your staff are doing a great job. Actually, Andy Fee is going to give a shout to you later in this episode. How have you gone about putting those outdoor workouts together for the men's and women's basketball teams at Long Beach State?
3: Well, with any program that you put together, you're really looking at the needs of the sport and the needs of the athletes that you're working with. So that stays the same. And even like I've told all of our athletes who are remote right now, is that there are so many ways to get from A to Z. If not, we would all be doing the same five exercises every day for the rest of our lives. And that's just not the case. Um, So we've just tailored to what our limitations are. What do we have available? What can we do to still get the desired outcome we're looking for? Um, so with that mindset, anything's possible. And that's uh, how we've started out.
0: So when you started, I know some people have seen those pictures on social media and at the 562.org you just put white boxes about six to 10 feet apart and put a player in each box. And then you kind of walked them through a workout. Is that process still progressing or are you kind of doing that same stuff every day?
3: Well, so we are, we are staying in those boxes. Um, They're 10 by 10 and they're 10 feet apart from each other. So everybody can socially distance where they're at. Um, But just like any program, we're still progressing. So we're starting at one spot. And then as we go along, we'll continue to progress. Um, For a lot of our athletes who might not have had a lot of activity for the last six to eight months, they don't need to jump into resistance training with external load. We're doing a lot of hip work, a lot of band work, a lot of things to make sure that the right muscles are working and are working at the right time and really prepping for those next stages. Um, So on the positive side of this whole thing is right now we have an opportunity to do a lot of work that maybe takes more time, but we have the time to do that and it's really the right environment to do that now. So um, even though there's challenges involved with, um, you know, being outside and not in the weight room, there's still a lot that we can do to help create some um, valuable change and help prep our athletes for their season.
0: Coach Dan Munson said he wanted to take it slow when they came back, both because of the pandemic and also because of the fitness. From your point of view, how is the fitness of the men's and women's basketball players? Did they come back maybe maybe a little bit slower?
3: To, uh, To be honest, I was really impressed the way they moved the first week. Um, the real difference is, is and any, any individual will notice this, when you train by yourself, your intensity and how hard you're training isn't always the same unless you're surrounded by other people. It's that camaraderie, that community that really helps, um, helps us work and work hard. Um, so you saw maybe a little bit of that. Um, obviously, we don't expect them to be game ready on day one by any means. Um, And we follow pretty strict protocols that come from the NCAA, as well as the governing board for strength and conditioning professionals on how to progress athletes, where to start. So even if someone said, no, I can go harder. I want to do more. we're not doing that today. We're starting here Um, because most soft tissue injuries happen within the first two weeks of training that are non-contact. And so we're trying to follow protocols to make sure that they stay healthy and that they progress appropriately, even if they feel I can still go harder. Right. That's, so that's hard to do, but it's a great thing as a strength coach. You'd rather have to pull someone back a little bit than keep pushing them forward. So a good problem to have, right?
0: That, that is good news. So they are feeling good. You're seeing progression in the athletes from when they first came back two weeks ago to let's say today. And as they're working into outdoor activities on the basketball courts, on the tennis courts.
3: Yeah, they were going to be sore. It's something you expect. Um, But even something as simple as single leg balance that we do a lot for, um, you can tell an improvement from day one to, you know, today's going to be, I think, the fifth day we've done it in some capacity. And you can already see those small improvements uh, happening neurologically. Yeah.
0: What are some of the challenges you've run into? I mean, you sit down with basically a blank sheet in a a situation like this, right?
3: Uh, Yeah. One of the challenges is really understanding um, what you have to work with and then how to best utilize that. So in the weight room, multiple people will use a similar piece of equipment or the same size of equipment. Well, right now we don't have that opportunity. Everybody has their box, what they're using and that's it. So ensuring that when I'm programming, I'm doing something that everybody will have access to um, as as we go. And then also long-term thinking of, we don't know how long we'll be outside so how can I continue to progress them while we are outside? So it's really kind of a lot of backend work to critically think of how can I give them the best athlete within our limitations. Um, but once you once you know that, you can you can work around that. Like I said, many ways from A to Z, and we're going to get there.
0: Yeah, speaking of the future, do you have anything planned specifically for next month? I know. No one really knows when the teams can go back inside, but let's say they don't go back inside. Do do you guys have stuff laid out to where you could extend this outdoor activities situation?
3: Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely.
0: Is it much different from what you're doing now or is it kind of just the same version?
3: Well, for these first two weeks, we haven't introduced external load. Like I said, there's a lot of work we can do with bands, a lot of core work, shoulder stability with bands. That's really necessary to lay a good foundation for injury resilience. So in the coming weeks, as we start to introduce load, there's a lot of options there with doing that. Um, so it, we're preparing them for their season, but we're also programming uh, for the function of the human body, right? So as we progress, that's really kind of the, you know, the front, front mind of what we need to develop. So we, we have, we have lots, of, lots of room to grow there, even with the, the limited options we have.
0: Last time you were on this show, we talked a little bit about diet and how, really, the diet of a student athlete is almost as important or if, if not more important than what they're doing in the weight room or out there working out. So, in terms of diet, I know a lot of people have struggled to eat healthy during the pandemic and things like that. Have you seen that with the student athletes? Are you also trying to get them back on the right track nutrition wise?
3: Well, one of our athletes came back and dropped a lot of weight that needed to be lost. So, I was super stoked with his commitment. Um, over this downtime to really hone that in. I thought that was just amazing on his part. Um, Before we started, we hammered in the importance of hydrating and hydrating before practice, Uh, knowing we were going to be outside, knowing it was going to be hotter. This is an indoor sport. They're not used to being outside. So that was one of our big um, kind of pushes with them as we prepped to come back. Um, And on our first day, it was you need to go home and you need to eat something within the next hour. And the next day they came back, hey, what did you eat when you got home yesterday, right? Kind of that accountability. Um, but we also have an incredible nutritionist on staff, Tracy, who is great with our athletes and she's familiar with the men's basketball team. So she's been, a, um, I've, I already know some people have been wanting to reach out to her to, to kind of see how they can tailor their diet um, with the increased activity they're seeing.
0: Does Tracy work individually with the different players? So they're all kind of eating differently, but, but healthy at the same time?
3: Yeah. So they make an appointment with her. And she'll walk through what their goals are, what's going on, and help them develop a personalized plan just for them, which is a oh, huge wow. resource for our athletes.
0: So who was the player who dropped all the weight? Let's shout him out. Give him, a, give him, a, give him some love.
3: <laughs> I don't know if he'd appreciate me just throwing his name out there, but uh, we're super proud. We're super proud of uh, where our guys are at right now um, and where, where we see the potential, where we're, where we're going to go.
0: So when a student athlete is basically in quarantine, like some of these uh, men and women have been for the last few weeks, you know, when you get back out, you get active and you, you kind of don't know how your body's going to react. Did you see any trepidation from the kids when they got out there or, or did they call, come in just all gung ho?
3: Oh, they were excited to work. They were excited to be together, to be able to touch a basketball um, to do the training that they they haven't been able to do. Um, we had a great group last year in the weight room that wanted to lift and you know was committed to that as much as they were committed to being on the court. Um, so I know it was it was tough for them when we couldn't be in the weight room, um, but just the fact that they were able to come out and do something again, I know they were super excited about that. Um, so so far I think their energy has been great um, and just really again hammering home those you know those specifics that regardless of the situation we always want to see. I call them good reps respect effort, positivity, sacrifice. So if you do those four things on a daily basis in any environment we're in, we will succeed. Um, So that's, that's how I think they're where they're at right now.
0: You obviously have a a very talented staff you're working with as well. Do you want to shout them out a little bit? Cause I know they've been working just as hard.
3: A hundred percent. Jackson Reed and Monica Kinney have been stars doing remote programming with our teams Really working with individuals on the equipment they have available; those that don't, what their modifications are. Um, and I know Monica or Jackson's now on campus again with women's basketball, whose team he works with. Um, but they've just they've knocked it out of the park with this time at home, and them as well as myself, we were anxious, ready, and had a million plan options available for when we came back, not knowing uh, what the environment would be.
0: Now when you and your staff are working with these kids now, it's more about making them healthy, keeping them safe, making sure they're not getting injured as they work their way back into playing shape. Once they do find their way back into playing shape, let's just assume they're still outside or it's still a form of being outside. How do you then take that and then progress them to the next step? Like, are you guys gonna be working on speed? Are you working on strength? Are you working on a little bit of everything? Or is that kind of something you'll plan as it comes?
3: Um, So that's the macro plan. Right now we're doing kind of those foundations, right? So we are doing um, some plyometric power work, but it's really landing mechanics, right? Having control in these movements. So as we continue to get closer to season, those become more complex. How those play out, what the movement itself is, um, those will continue to change. So yes, through our year, we cycle through strength, through speed, um, or I should say power, really, through those power movements. Um, and we'll continue to do that now. But right now, for all of our student athletes, when they come back, we really need to take um, even more precaution to start with just, let's get our body moving well, moving right, build kind of that foundational strength. And from there, sky's the limit. We can go so far after that.
0: I think like a lot of people, I'd, I'd be uh, in desperate need of some landing mechanics in my own life after being stuck inside for the last few months. So in terms of that and other people who are stuck inside, before I let you go, what are some things that people who are maybe not athletic at all, but something they could do at home for a quick workout during you know all the Zoom calls that everybody's been taking recently?
3: The big thing I would say if they have a band is to do some banded shoulder work to help with posture and upper back, right? Because the more we sit down, the more we're at a computer and probably not at an ergonomical position if we're at home, the more that's going to, cave in, right, more that's gonna happen. So anything you can do to work on your posture as well as your core. So finding, like working, I think most people know planks, side planks, dead bugs, bird dogs. There's lots of things that you can do, Um, but doing those on a daily basis will help just your overall posture, how good your back and shoulders feel. Um, To get moving a little bit more, um, we can all run. (laughs) We all have the ability to run, even if it's up and down our block, um, so doing something that takes your body through full ranges of motion, that would be like a lunge or a, you know an air squat. I'm a huge fan of burpees for the general population. Um, get down on the ground and get yourself back up. That's an important piece of life in general. So you can um, easily do stuff like that at home. But for anybody starting, anybody starting out who maybe has been inactive for a while, think about starting at 50% effort. Hey, I normally do 20 minutes and I go really hard Okay. Maybe today I'm going to go 10 minutes at like 75% effort next week, 12 minutes at 80% effort and gradually build your body back up. If you haven't been doing a lot these past couple months,
0: you you mentioned running. I know a lot of runners who are always dealing with knee problems or just soreness in general. Uh, what's your, what's your take on that? What's your take on running? I know a lot of people say only run on the sand or only run on the grass, or it doesn't matter. Where do you land on it?
3: So it's hard to give an exact answer because everyone's individual. So if somebody has weak ankles or a really bad ankle sprain, that's going to cause issues up the, up the body, up the chain, right? It works its way up um, versus somebody who maybe had a really bad hamstring strain. That looks a little different. But for all people and all runners, you really need healthy hips. So think glute bridges, clamshells, side planks where you kind of are dynamic, you drop your hips, raise them up. I call them hip hikes. Um, But a lot of things to keep that whole hip glute area strong uh, will really help prevent um, lower extremity injuries um, that people might um, encounter from running.
0: Well, I've written all of those down and I'm going to go look them up now and see what they actually are. Thank you so much, Laura Teal, Director of Sports Performance and Everything Strength and Conditioning at Long Beach State. We really appreciate you taking the time and more importantly, as a member of Beach Nation. We just really appreciate what you're doing out there with the student athletes. So thank you. Good luck. And we'll see you soon.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Go beach.
0: We're almost done here. Another episode of the LB fee show being put into the books before we get out though, we got to do our big shouts. We've been doing big shouts for the last few weeks, somebody who deserves some attention. So Andy, you got a big shout this week.
2: I do, and this one isn't really a shocker. Laura Teal, I'm giving a big shout <laughs> to our uh, head strength and conditioning coach, who everyone's going to get to hear from. Honestly, um, her her part of all of this, she she's she's there throughout everything. But literally, getting these athletes who have been kind of on the bench, on the sideline for so long, back up, moving, doing it safely, making sure that when we do transition indoors, that we've got a healthy team. So. I'm giving a huge shout out to Laura Teal and her staff
1: today. How about you, Mike? Who are you shouting out? Um, Mine is going to be Kelly Colopy, who's the health director here in the city of Long Beach. Um, I've got a chance to talk to her a couple of times for stories over the last few weeks. And, you know, I have to say, I think all of us, whether you're a sports fan or a parent or, you know, whatever, everyone feels some kind of frustration with something they want to do that they feel is safe. Um, and that you say, oh, I wish they do this, you know, or, or whatever else. And uh, I would just say, from talking to her, you, you know, the city's health uh, officials are thinking about everything, right? And they're trying to hold a million different thoughts in their head at one time about risk assessments and mental health versus physical health and all these other things. But um, I made a joke to her, you know, when she took the job of being Long Beach's health director, she was not planning on also being the superintendent of all of the schools, the president of the university. Um, you know, the director of Parks and Rec and all of the other things that her department is now responsible for reshaping the way that they do things and, um, you, you know, you might not agree all the time with what people are doing but it, it's been a ton of work with the goal in mind of keeping the city healthy and safe from this and uh, every time I've talked to her, or her staff I come away, incredibly impressed so you know thanks. I'm sure she's very much looking forward to the vacation she'll take when this is all over. <laughs> But uh, my shouts to her and her staff for everything that they're doing.
0: My shout is a little less important, but still very important. I want to shout out Justin Turner and the Los Angeles Dodgers going back to the World Series. Let's go. LB in MLB. Check out the story right now. Seven (laughs) of the last eight years, Long Beach has had a representative in the World Series. So we're always tied in here at the LBC. And, uh, and I just wanted to shout out the Dodgers, send some good vibes, and then hold on tight and hold my breath for like a week and a half. I mean, maybe just till Sunday. You know what I mean? Let's, Ooh, just, win I like let's, let's just win it in five and relax, you know? <laughs> I like where your head's at, Mike.
2: I'll take well, it. I'll take it.
0: Thank you again, Andy, for having us on the show. Producer Roger, appreciate you guys. Laura Teal for coming on the show. Another great interview. A lot of stuff happening at Long Beach State. You're going to find all of it right here at the LBP Show every other week. So thank you, Long Beach. We'll see you soon.